Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. All right. So in the time I got, I, I want to share with you on the subject of giving. I, I want to talk about uh, what it means to give. And now, now, if you've heard teachings by me, I've preached here a couple times. I, I love Hebrew. I, I'm a Hebrew dude, right? I'm a Hebrew guy. I, I love studying the Hebrew scriptures and kind of diving into it. And I, I think there's insight when you dive into Hebrew words. And, and so today I'm going to teach you a little bit of Hebrew. If you didn't know you were learning Hebrew when you tuned in, guess what? You learn a Hebrew, oops, upside your head, right? Uh, okay, so the first word I want to teach you is the word Natan. Everybody say Natan. Good. If you, you know, you just say it at home, right? Say Natan. Good. Natan is the word forgive. In fact, giving in Hebrew is Natan. Now, now, if you are, are West Indian, uh, that's just how you call somebody named Nathan. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, look, I understand that some of y'all Natan. What you doing, Natan? So you you hear Natan and you're thinking that's a West Indian way of saying Nate. Okay, so it's not. Okay, Natan is a Hebrew word. Uh, it's where we get the name Nathan, uh, but but it's the concept of giving. And what's so powerful about the word Natan is if you think about it, it's N-A-T-A-N, it's, it's the same backwards and forwards. And so the idea of giving is that it's reciprocal. If you are a giver, you get, right? That the idea is that this word is interchangeable, kind of like what giving is. That when you truly give, you see that you get. And so the idea is that Natan is the same backwards and forward. And so the idea is that that we are supposed to be those uh, that are giving. And so I want to talk a little bit about giving, but, but there were a couple passages that we dealt with. And, and, and so before we dive into kind of the concepts uh, of giving, I, I want to go through these two passages that we just looked at. The, the first one is an interesting one, uh, one that I know we've heard many times. If you've been to church longer than a weekend, right, you've probably heard this passage read, especially when they were talking about giving. You know, people usually talk about, you know, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over that, that God is going to kind of bless you with, that he wants to, to bless you kind of immeasurably. And so this, this is a very common uh, passage used uh, during times of giving, right? You're taking up the offering. You're going to read this passage. But there's an interesting thing about this passage, and I think it's something that should be noted, uh, that it is a passage mostly about giving, and we attribute it to giving in church and giving in general. But, but the start of the passage there in Luke doesn't start with giving, but it starts with judgment, Go back and look. Look at verse 37. It says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And so before we get into this good measure, pressed down, shaken together, giving idea that we all love, because we love that God is a giver, uh, what, what we have to realize is that there is kind of this disclaimer that comes before it. 
judgment is somehow connected with giving. And if you think about it for a little bit, that's very true. In fact, part of why we struggle with giving is that we judge. And a little while ago, I was driving down the street, and there was a homeless guy that came up to my thing. And, and I, you know, we do that. A homeless person comes up to the window, and quickly, you, you know that you want to give, but you do this judgment. Come on, right? I'm not the only one. You, you look at them, and you're thinking, are they going to take care of the money I'm giving them? Are they going to use it for alcohol? You know what I'm saying? Are they going to do something else with it? Are they going to feed their kids? Are they going to do... Um, let me just be real. Somebody in Orlando, now, I don't know if y'all have these here in Durham, but, but in Orlando, there was a man that came up to my car, and he had a cash app y'all it was a homeless dude with a cash app he had a sign with a cash app and 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 I looked at him and because he had the cash app respect I respected the game I was like yo I'm giving my man some loot I gave him more than I would normally give because I could cash app him yeah, I know got no cash on me. Nobody got cash on them anymore, but, but I cash out. But the truth is, is that there is this idea of judgment connected with giving. And unfortunately, what happens is that our judgment usually makes us less of givers. Like when we're people that judge, when we're looking at others, and if you're considering, do I give uh, and, and if you're considering giving and thinking about does the person I'm giving it to deserve it, then, then what you're going to start doing is judging every single one of the times you give. What the word is saying is that giving is a, is a product of your heart. It's not necessarily a product of the needs of others. You give because God called you to give, not necessarily because someone desperately needs your giving, although they do. And they should want your giving, and you should want to benefit and to bless people in your giving, but it should be out of your heart, not out of what you deem worthy as you judge them. And I love that there is this connection with judgment and giving. The second passage we read uh, says something a little bit different. It's a challenge. The first challenge is that if I'm going to be a giver as God calls us to be givers, Natan, uh, that, that, I, uh, that, that I have to be one uh, who doesn't judge others, right? That I have to be, be, be looking at others and, and loving people. But the second challenge is this. In the second Corinthians passage, it, it talks about giving, but, but then it says it this way. In verse 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so the second challenge on giving here, right, is that, is that as a giver, I, I have to be a person that does it cheerfully. It's not enough to just be a giver but I have to give and be cheerful. I don't know if anybody got a mom like me, and you know, Pastor Andy and I share the same mother, so a lot of the stories that you might hear might be the same stories, right? But, but, but my mother was the type of mother that would hold something in front of you and see if you really appreciated what she was given to see if you was going to get it, right? And it was almost like you had to act cheerful, like, hey, thanks, mom. Oh, my God. Even though you wasn't because there was an idea that, yo, you got to be cheerful in this. You, you got to act right about this. With, with, with the Lord, there, there is a heart that he's concerned about. And giving is a lot about your heart. It's, it's about the, con, the, the, the nature of your heart, the condition uh, of your heart. Uh, and so God calls us to be givers. 
Now, what I love about the concept of Natan, and, and those two passages were cool, but what, what I loved about the concept of Natan is that Natan is not necessarily connected with money. It is connected with money, and when, when the Bible says give, they're also talking about money, so I'm not taking that away from it, but, but before Natan is associated with money, it's associated with him and what he does for us. The idea of giving doesn't start with us giving to God. In fact, most people that struggle with the concept of giving struggle with the concept of me affording or having the ability to give to him. And what you're missing is that giving doesn't start with you and it, had, it doesn't start with us. Giving started with him. And so to understand giving, if I want to be a person that has natan, that gives and does it cheerfully, I got to know some things about giving. So in the time that I got, and and I'm I'm excited about being able to share this, I want to give you four things, uh, four reasons why we should give. Why should you be a giver? Uh, what, what is important about it, and what, what, why is it that I, uh, as a believer of the Lord, uh, should be a giver? All right, well, here, here, here's four reasons. Number one, uh, why give is, is because God is a giver. God is a giver. And I love the fact that God doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't already done himself. He doesn't create rules for you. He's not, he's not the type of leader or a parent, right, that says, do what I say, not what I do. Because I, I, I got a lot of that, you know. I got a lot of do what I say, not what I do with me. You know, when, when my kids say, uh, Daddy, you're telling me to go to bed, but why don't you have to go to bed? My answer is, do what I say, not what I do, right? So, so there is some of that imperative. I'm not going to front like that's not something that we have. But, but in God, everything that he asks you to do, he's already done. I, I love the fact that he makes his way. He, he creates us, uh, and, and out of his creation for us, uh, he begs of us to do something back in return. He gave us, and now he requires us to give. And well, if God is a giver, there, there are a couple ways that he gives, right? Now, number one, he gave us life, right? He gave you life. He gave you the ability to live. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says he formed man and what he did was he gave him life. That's that word Natan. And so we first see it there in Genesis chapter 2 that God formed Adam and then he gave him something. He gave him life. Uh, And so God first gives us this life. Uh, I I love the idea that, that that the life that we have for him is a product of a relationship that he already had in heaven. Right, like, like out of God's relationship in heaven came life, and we are a product of that. And so he cheerfully gives us life and does it all the time. He, he also gives us protection and blessing. It says it there in Genesis chapter 12. You can just write it down as a reference. Genesis chapter 12, it says, I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. The idea is that God didn't just give us life, but he gave us protection and blessing, some promises, some principles that, that he gave before you do anything. These promises, these principles were here when you were made. When you got onto this earth, he already had protection and blessing and promises waiting for you because he's a giver. That's his heart. 
that he longs to give to you and loves to give to you. So he gave us life. He gave us protection and blessing. Uh, but he also gave us his son. And I think that's the biggest one. His son was the third one that he gave. He, he's given us him. He, he didn't just create the rules as God and, and then stay up there and say, well, you, you better figure this out. No, what he did was he took off the robe of God and came down and died for you and for me. And so his giving of his son is this love that he shows. And, and what he's saying is, is that before you do anything for me, I give. I natan. In fact, in every single one of those passages, in every one of these references, it references this, this word, Natan, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. And that's Natan, that God is a giver. And so if we are believers and we are Christians and, and we are those that are called according to what God has called us to, we have to respond by being what he is. God's a giver. And so part of why churches talk about giving is not necessarily about money. Money is a very important thing uh, that we do and we need and it's important. But, but, but before that, what it is, it's about giving of yourself. That, that God gave first. And he says, before I ask or require anything of you to do for me, I do for you. God's a giver. Uh, and I think we should take uh, our giving uh, ways from him. We, we should acknowledge him and watch him. And if God is a giver, we too uh, should be givers. I give because God gave to me. The second reason I believe that we should give, and, and I like this one, number two, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, now, we just went through a laundry list of all of the things that God has given us, right? He gave us life, right? We talked about he gave us blessing and protection. Uh, he gave us principles and concepts. He's given us his son, right? Uh, he's given us eternal life. All of these things are what he's given to you. And then he says in all of that that it's more blessed for you to give than it is to receive, just think about all of the great things that we receive from the Lord, but yet it's said that it's more blessed to give. And if you don't believe that, go with me to Acts chapter 20. It's right here. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so that means that there is a greater blessing in you being a giver than in you being a receiver. And let's think about the blessings that God has bestowed on us as receivers. It, it, it's, it blows our mind to know that, that there is a greater blessing in what you sow than, than necessarily just what you reap. And we know that to be true, right? Anybody here has ever witnessed to somebody, right? I mean, you ever spoken your journey or, or, or talked to somebody about Jesus and, 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 and sat with them? Listen, the experience of receiving Jesus is an incredible experience, but it's so much greater when you give that away. The experience of giving it away becomes so much greater than just you receiving it yourself. And if you don't know that to 
be true? Give away your faith, right? When you talk about Jesus to people, there is such a greater blessing in you giving of yourself than in just what you get. Another example of that, of course, is, is Christmas, right? As, as a kid, Christmas is all about what you get. It's, it's all about what you're receiving, right? And, and my kids are so excited about receiving during Christmas time, uh, but as they grow and get older, what you realize is that there is such a greater joy in giving than it is in that receiving. Now, now, now if that's not you, you got to get there. Come on, somebody. You need to grow up and <laughs> move on. Uh, but, but, but as you grow, you realize that there is, there is even a greater joy in this giving that I have and watching my children and watching people uh, get what I've given them. Uh, there, there is this great blessing associated with it. And I believe it's because God has given this greater blessing on giving than getting. Uh, and that is so true in our journey of God. When I was young, my dad taught me this uh, fourfold law of the harvest. I want to teach it to you. Uh, There's kind of the idea of sowing and reaping. Uh, and I think it's apropos to where we are because I believe uh, that God wants to do something with us. That, that it, because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, we, we have to understand the value of what we sow into the ground into what we put our hands to and what we put into the ground. There's, there's four laws of harvest. And number one of them is that you reap if you sow. My, my dad always said this to me, you know, if, if you're expecting to get something, then, then you have to actually put something in the ground. You don't receive until you've sown. And so the idea of giving is a part of that. I give first, and then I receive. We have people that get frustrated with their journey in God and frustrated with the, the, the plight of their life. And the question that I have is, is, what are you giving? What are you sowing? You reap if you sow. And so my reaping is predicated on me being a sower, that I put something into the ground for myself. Number two, you reap after you sow. And so you can't expect God to give you something that you haven't already sowed in the ground. Uh, when you sow it, then you'll reap it. And so the idea is that I have to be diligent in this sowing season because I'm going to reap what I sow in the ground. After I sow it, then I reap it. You know, how often are people frustrated with God uh, not being where they want to be or, or, or going through things that they don't want to go through, uh, but, but the truth is, is that the, the reaping or the, the coming out of it is a byproduct of what we put into the ground. And, and so we have to be diligent in that. Number three, you reap what you sow. And I think this one is a big one. In fact, that's specifically Galatians 6 verse 7 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If you sow dissension, you're going to get back dissension. If you sow drama, you're going to get back drama. Come on, somebody. If you're sowing strife and anger all the time, that's what you get back. And so it's why you have to be very mindful of what you put in the ground. I got a lot of young adults that are talking to me about relationships and they want to find the right one. And my question is, what are you putting in the ground? Because if you sow love, you'll reap love. And if you are a giver, then you are going to be sowing constantly. 
That, that as a person that gives, as a one that walks with Natan, that has this giving as, as a mindset, that, then that is going to attract people that also are giving in their mindset. And you're going to find the right people because you reap what you sow. And if you're frustrated with what you're reaping or your harvest, usually that means that there is something that you have to put into the ground different in the next sowing season. We got to be mindful of what we put in the ground and not just angry with what comes out. Urgh, right? We, we can't just be frustrated with what we aren't. We need to start to be diligent to what we put in to this ground. Because I want to be uh, one who God blesses. And I know there is a greater blessing in my giving than in my receiving. And so I sow cheeringly, right, happily knowing that I'm going to reap what I sow. And then finally in this fourfold uh, laws of harvest, you reap more than you sow. And I actually think that's the best news of the whole sowing and reaping concept is that the seed itself actually you can eat you can consume the seed it's just small and it's very little but if you take that seed and put it in the ground you will get hundreds sometimes even thousands of that same fruit and so there is a short-term loss sometimes, or, or it feels like a short-term loss. A lot of times, people struggle with the idea of being a giver because they cannot handle that initial short-term loss. I'm hungry, so I want to eat my seed. Now, the truth is, is that if you take that seed and sow it, you are going to get fruit for years. And so you're going to get way more than you put in the ground. And it's because that everything that you give to God comes back greater. There is nothing that you've given to the Lord that you've lost or will lose. The idea is that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And God wants to bless your life. Number three. Why do we give? Why are we givers? And I think this is the big one, right? Well, well, let's, let's go back. Number one, God is a giver, right? Number two, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. But number three, why do we give? We give because, number three, God wants to bless the works of your hands. He wants to bless your gift. He wants to take your gift and bless it. But, but what he does is that he wants to bless what you do what you put your hands to. Look with me uh, to Psalm chapter 90, verse 17. It says this. Psalm 90, 17 says, May the favor of the Lord our God rest on you, on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, God, establish the work of our hands. The, the, the idea is that God wants to bless you, yes, but, but the way he blesses you is that he blesses what you put your hands to. There are people here, right? You have jobs uh, that, that, that go all over, right? We, we, we have professions and, and careers, especially nowadays where it's like, you know, hobbies are professions now. You know, it started off as something I do on the side. You know, I do nails on the side. Now that's just a profession. And so we have people that have professions of, of all of, you know, there's so many things that people do starting businesses. Amen. Bless God. But, but, but the truth is, is that part of me being a giver is, is that I want God to bless what I put my hands to. I don't want to put my hands to things that, 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 that don't produce something. I have to work in order for God to bless. So, so I have to put some things out there for him to bless. 
It's one of the things that I say to people. They say, well, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for a blessing. I'm looking for God to come through on my behalf. And my response, my question back to you is, what are you asking for him to bless? What have you put in the ground? What are you working towards? Because the word says that he wants to bless the works of your hands, but that means that you got to put your hands to some things. That, does, that means that you can't just sit around and wait and hope that you're going to get a lottery blessing. Come on, somebody. Like, like it's just going to one day wake up and you're going to hit the numbers or something, right? You hit the spiritual numbers and one day you wake up and everything is good. No, the truth is that you have to put some work into some things. You, you got to put your hands to some things. And when you put your hands to it, the Bible says that he will bless the works of your hands when you're a giver. And so a part of my giving is that I want God to bless what I put my hands to. Right? I, 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 I have a church that, that, that my wife and I started just a couple months ago, and we're excited about the work that we've put in. But, but now we're saying, Lord, we're putting in this work. Right? We're meeting these people and having these meetings and having these services and preaching and teaching all to, for the Lord to bless the works of me and my wife's hands. And in the same way, beloved, what are you praying for? What are you putting your work into? Because that's what God wants to bless. You know, a couple years ago, uh, Pastor Andy uh, brought me in uh, to, to speak on Canaan, and, and it was the year of Canaan. I'm not sure if this was 2019, uh, 2018. You know, man, it's after COVID, numbers and years just kind of blend together. But one of them years was the year uh, of Canaan, and, 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 and Pastor Andy brought me in, my brother, and, and he said, Mike, I want you to teach on, on Canaan. And, and when I looked up the word Canaan, I don't know if anybody here remembers when I preached on that, right? But, but, but when I preached on it, I talked about how Canaan is a Hebrew word, Canaan, and, and that word means to invest. Canaan literally means to invest. And I love that because this promised land that God had for them wasn't about them walking into a place where they don't have to do anything for the rest of their lives. The Bible says that the land that they were going into was a land flowing of milk and honey. And if you think about milk and honey, milk comes from cow, honey comes from bees, and both of those are things you got to work to get. You don't just hope that you get it. You got to work to get it. You got to you got to take care of these cows. You got to get bees. You got to Ten bees, I don't know what you do, right? Smoke them, do whatever you got to do. Then beekeeper dudes with all their outfits, right? There are work that you have to do to get what God is calling for you to do. But what's powerful about the concept of Canaan and invest is, yes, an investment might seem or might be an initial loss, but I'm investing. I'm putting it into my future. I'm believing that God has more for me than, than what I see right now. And so when I sow a seed, I'm not sowing necessarily to what I see in front of me right here, right? I'm sowing to this investment, this future, what I know God is doing and what I know God is saying. And so I know that God wants to bless the works of my hands because I'm invested. I'm invested in it. And I've invested some time and some resources and money and people all into the vision that God has for me. And this is why God wants to bless you. He wants to bless the works 
of your hands. And so there is a beauty that comes from the work you do, right? Uh, this, this work you do uh, shouldn't be something that you hate. You know, I, 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 I spend a lot of time counseling young adults, and, and most of them uh, talk to me about how much they hate their job and hate what they do and hate waking up in the morning. And, and I remember being there and working at certain places where it's just a paycheck, right? You, you just there to do what you got to do. Uh, but, but prayerfully, you get to a place where you start to believe in what you're called to do and invest in it and not just invest some time but invest some money and invest some resources into who God is calling for you to be because when he says he wants to bless the works of your hands that is an investment on his part in you that 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 he knows and believes in what you're doing and he's invested in you and it's why he calls us to do the same with him it's more blessed Uh, to give than it is to receive, right? And God wants to bless the works of your hands, uh, and he wants to make them productive and fruitful uh, so that you can grow something for your kingdom. I I I like that giving in many response is a, in in many response or many ways is a response to what God has done. I give out of what he's done. He's a giver, and so I'm a giver, or, or, or he loves, and so I love, and, and, and this is a kind of a natural product of what he is uh, that he calls me to be, right? Well, we are called uh, to be givers, and he wants to bless the works of your hands, amen? All right, number four, and as we close here, we bring this to, a, to an end, and this is my favorite one. I think the fourth reason why we should be givers, uh, you know, and not only just givers, but we're trying to be cheerful givers, right? Uh, Paul gave that challenge in 2 Corinthians that we're not supposed to just be those that, ch- that give, but we're supposed to do it cheerfully. And it's not supposed to be connected with some sort of judgment, but just about a, a purity of heart that we're giving unto people. So, so how do we do it well, and, and why is it that we're givers? Number four, I believe uh, the reason that we give is that God is Ahad. God is Ahad. Now, Ahad is a Hebrew word. I, I told you I'll be teaching you a couple Hebrew words. This is, this is another one of them. Uh, E-C-H-A-D is, is how you spell the word Ahad. And Ahad just simply means that God is first. It's a simple Hebrew word that, that God is first. You actually found this in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, if you want to write it down as a reference, right? Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is first, or the Lord is one. Uh, the idea that achad, it makes, means that God is first. Well, well, why do I give? Because God is first. He's first in everything. He's first in everything. He has to be first in all areas of your life. And so if God is truly Ahad, if he's truly first, then he has to be first in your finances. I actually feel like it's, it's one of the hardest ones to, to do, right? To, to, to make him first because there's always reasons, right? There's always a way and there's always some, some sort of reason why I'm struggling or I can't do it or, or there's a reason that you shouldn't be a giver. Uh, but, but, but the truth is, is that if he's first, that comes before all of my reasons. He's first. And you know what's powerful about the word Ahad? It doesn't just mean that he's first. It means that he's only first. I love that. It gets me excited because, because he only fits in the first slot. 
That means that if you feel like God is not in your life or, or, or you're struggling to put him in your life, part of the reason that you're struggling is because he don't fit anywhere else but first. So if you put him second or third or add him to the end of your day when you're, when you're done with your day and kind of add him to it, or you try to keep your same life and add a little Jesus to the end of it, it doesn't work that way. He's first, and he's only first. That's the only spot he belongs in. He is first. He's first in your family. He's first in your situations. He's first even in your fears and in your doubts. He's first at your home, at your school, in your job. He has to be first. So part of, of, of understanding Natan is understanding who he is. He's first. And so, so how I can give cheerfully? Well, well, well it's, it's setting things up in my life. Because if I don't put God first in my money, then I struggle to put God first in other areas as well. But what I've found is that people that can, that can kind of find their way away from putting him first in their giving have a way of finding a way of not putting God first in other areas of their life. It's a good exercise and discipline, and it's one of the reasons why giving is a principle that is, that is very healthy. God's first. And so I have to be a giver. I have to be one that gives because not only is, is, is he first, but, but, but there is so much more, right? Why, why do we give? And we just talked about it. Number one, he is a giver. God loves to give. He, he cheerfully gives. And out of this uh, comes our giving. Number two, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so we got to understand that there is a blessing associated with this gift or this giving we give, uh, not just to, to our church, but to people. And there is a far greater blessing in that and it's why God says you too should give because there is a greater blessing in giving than it is in receiving and we receive a lot from the Lord right number three why do we give well we give because God wants to bless the works of your hands and and I'm a giver because I believe that God wants to take what I've put my hands to and bless it and he wants to do something uh, with what I've invested my time into. And he's invested in us. And so we too have to be invested in him. We have to be uh, those that give and, and the expectation that God is going to bless the works of our hands. And then finally, number four, he's first. He's a chad. Uh, and, and as a principle, it's, it's, it's why we, we, we have to make sure that, that he is first in every area of our lives. Romans 10.9 says it this way. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So salvation is something that you acknowledge with your mind, and then ultimately it changes in you. Well, well I think it's very similar uh, with this idea that God is first. You have to say it first. I acknowledge that he's first. Yes, he's a God. He's first. And now I need to get busy with the work of putting him first and making him first. In every area of my life, not, not just in the spiritual areas. You know, God's not just first when it comes to church decisions and what to do with your children. No, God has to be first when it comes to the next career move you have and, and the job decisions that you have and, and the career choices, the money that you're making and what you're giving. God has to be first in every area of your life. Remembering, of course, 
that, that his heart for you is that he desperately loves you. And what I love about it, finally, is that, again, he's asking you to do for him what he's already done in you. He's already poured himself onto you. He's already gave himself to you. And so the requirement, the question back, the ask back, if you will, is will you be a giver? I believe Natan is an important word. It's an important concept, an important word to all of us because giving is, is a principle that has been here since the beginning. God established our world, establishes who we are by being a giver. And I think one of the greatest names that he's known for is Natan. He is a giver. He is the one who gives. In fact, the scripture that everyone knows, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. It's who he is. It's, it's the product of his heart. And so he wants to be, uh, he wants you to be a giver in the same way uh, that he is a giver to you. Amen. Who was blessed here by something that we said here? Who, who was blessed today? Clap it up. You just write it. Just clap on the screen. Amen. Uh, we're so blessed that God was able to share some, some amazing things. I, I, I think that this is a, this is a concept, giving, that, that we got to consider, that we got to think about. And, and it's something that you don't want to just think about today, but you got to start praying about and thinking about. God, what, what am I putting my hands to? Uh, God, God how, how can I be one that blesses or that gives without judgment? There's a lot of questions that I I think arise from this, but, but I think it's important for us to see that God is a giver, and he calls for us to be that as well. Amen. Let me, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you and praise you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you, God, that you, have, you, you are making us a giving church. We, we are a church that loves to give. Uh, that, God, we are full of the spirit of Natan, that, that we want to give. And we understand, God, that as we give, uh, th that comes back. It's, it's a good measure, God, and, and it's pressed down, shaken together. We know, God, that, that you want to multiply what we give, uh, and you want to bless the works of our hands. And so, God, we pray that you will cause us to be givers that you will cause us to be people that, that hunger and thirst after giving uh, for you, giving to you. We, we want to be those type of people, God. We, we don't want to be people that, 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 that are overly hesitant about what, what you're calling us to, but God, we want to give cheerfully, excitedly, knowing that you can do even more than we ask or imagine. We thank you for what you're doing in us, Lord. Now, God, pray that you will make us givers. Teach us to give in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.